we are not having church today, but we're going to have church together um, right here. This is our sun porch. Uh, we have um, uh, our backyard over here. The piano's behind me. My shed's over here. Our living room's back here. And it's just uh, me and Melissa and Kimber and our dog Sadie and our dog uh, cat Hoot here at the house. So... <laughs> Um, so what this is today is just going to be kind of parentheses in the sermon series of my life story. Um, and so it was, was even part something that I wasn't even planning on doing. Um, so the message that was going to be preached today um, is actually what I am planning to preach next week. And this is kind of an extra thing. There has been a recurring theme in the last couple weeks as I am talking to people about uh, life, decisions that they're making, and uh, where they are in relationship to finances, to their uh, children uh, and friends, and wanting to do more in their life, or maybe it's time that they pull back and they're not sure. And I think that this, this thought that I kind of have today, uh, I can't claim a lot of originality. It's been something that has been on my uh, mine for uh, for a couple of weeks now, but as we are in this series of my life story, and that our story is not finished yet, and that the rest of our life can be the best of our life, and that the decisions that we make today determine the stories we get to tell tomorrow, um, I think it's really important that that this opportunity that we have to kind of parenthesize, to kind of to kind of take a time out with this series and slip this thought in, I think it's really important. So life is full of choices and those decisions determine the life that I live and the quality of life that I live and the impact that my life gets to have for the kingdom of God. Your decision to do that means that you're unable to do this or the fact that you decide to do this means that you didn't get to do that. And that's how life is, right? You're always having to decide, do I take the kids over here or do I take time for my husband? Or do I uh, go out with my friends or do I plan to stay in with a family? You know, and it's like you always have these, this tension, like I don't know exactly how to make these choices in life for the best time of my life because I want my life to be as effective as it can. And who's to say that, that that choice was better than this choice or this choice was better than that choice? So we make choices, but here's the thing, then our choices make us. And our culture teaches us that more is always better. Like if you have a nicer car or a bigger house or a larger paycheck, um, that, that that's always a better thing. And I'm, I'm here to argue that that's not always the case. Um, but culture tells us, and, and all right, let me say this, I can't blame it all on culture. I think that's the way that we are. We are naturally a greedy people. Uh, I, think, I think it's just in our DNA, it's part of our sin nature that we want what we don't have. We, we envy other people who have what we don't have. Everybody's car looks a little nicer. The commercials make things look so attractive. Uh, they, they stage those hamburgers to make them look perfect. And then you open up the wrapper and it's not what you thought. And our desires are always such that, that we always think if we have that, it's going to make us feel better. And then we get that and it doesn't make us feel like we thought we had, that we wanted. And so then we want something else. 
and our desires are always escaping us. And that's how we live, and that's how our nature is. And there's a good side to that, like pursuing goodness and pursuing uh, social justice and pursuing God. All of that's good stuff. But the truth is, it's not. It, there has to come a point in our life when we have to make decisions on which of those good things we are actually going to be pursuing so that we can achieve the best quality of life that God has for us. Even if it's a good thing. Helping someone is a good thing. Giving a hand up is a good thing. Taking time for a friend is a good thing. So we think if helping somebody is a good thing, then helping a lot of people would be better. Well, if, if a piece of pie is a good thing, does it make sense that eating the whole pie would be even better? So what I'm saying is that sometimes a lot of a good thing is not always a better thing. So here's my challenge to us this morning. And again, this was not part of my original sermon series, but I feel like the conversations that I've been having lately, this really comes into play. So here's my challenge this morning, maybe for this whole week in your life. Sometimes it's better to have less of what matters more. Or how about this way? Sometimes it's better to have less of what matters than more of what doesn't. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Now, to tell you a little bit about the book of Ecclesiastes, you may have heard about uh, Solomon, the king of, of Israel, the, the third king. He was David's son. Uh, and we were actually going to talk about him today in church. We'll, we'll talk about him next week, about the wisdom that God gave him. Think about this. The wisest man that ever lived. At some point in his life, he began to try everything he possibly could to achieve everything he possibly could. Uh, to buy everything he could, to marry as many women as he could, bless his heart. I mean, you think about it. So uh, if he had, you know, all of those wives, that means he had that many mother-in-laws, bless his heart. Um, so if, if he did all of these things, and he, and he, as a matter of fact, he says, there was nothing that my eye withheld that I did not pursue and I did not obtain. So he writes towards the end of his life, the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he actually says, everything is vanity. And he says in chapter 4, verse, verse 6, he says, Better is a handful with quietness than both hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper with that. So I don't know if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, but Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6 it says, better is a handful with quietness, all right? That word quietness has the idea of letting down. Oh, I love that so much. It's like letting down, letting things go, setting things down. God help us. We, we need that in our life, don't we? I mean, have you ever gotten to the end of your day and just felt like, what have I done today? Like, like, I am fighting this headache or this stress or this pressure because I tried to make so many people happy today or I, I tried to overcommit and it wasn't even my intention starting this day out. And so here I am at the end of the day and I am stressed and anxious and I've got a headache and I'm not happy. I don't feel fulfilled like I thought I would by saying yes to everything. 
What Solomon is saying is sometimes it's better just to let it down. Set it down. And here's, here's what's great. He says better is a handful. That's singular. Better is a handful. One hand full. Then both hands full of vexation and travail. So having more in your hands can actually be a negative in your life. If what you have in your hands leads to more labor, more frustration, more strife, more debt, more conflict, just more, it might be better to actually have less. But what? Like, what what do you let go of? What, What do you have less of? Here's the big lesson. When you have just a handful, that means you have a hand free. So yeah, this hand is full of your family. This hand is full of your job. This hand is full of going shopping and taking care of business and doing your life. And that hand is full. But then that hand is free to help, to hug, to assist somebody else, to encourage somebody. But when we have both hands full, we are so busy trying to make it all happen. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. It's a great chapter. Jesus is speaking and it says this, and He said unto them, Take heed. That's a beautiful King James word that says, really, really take notice here. Like, like beware, warning. Take heed and beware of covetousness. And that word is a big word that just means that desire to have more and more and more and more. For a man's life consists, in other words, this is not who you are. What you are desiring to have is not who you are in Christ. So he says this, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Now, I know that contextually what Christ is talking about here, he's talking about stuff like like what you actually own. And what he's saying is, don't become so covetous that you're always looking for what everybody else has, and that's what your whole goal in life is. I need a bigger truck. Oh, never mind. We all need bigger trucks, all right? That's, forget about that. That's not biblical. God did not tell me to say that. We all need bigger trucks. But let's just pretend. Like, you, maybe you don't need a bigger truck. Uh, for that one time in your life, you're actually going to do something with it. Um, maybe, maybe you don't need another suit or a bigger house uh, or, uh, you know, six more inches on your mowing deck. I don't know. Maybe you don't need that. That's what we always feel like we want. And so what Jesus is saying here is beware of that kind of attitude where we always feel like we need more stuff because that's not what makes you who you are. But that's what we believe. And and whether you think it or not, when you get dressed in the morning, you think about what other people think of you. When you are picking your clothes out, I do it. 
Like when you're picking your clothes out, you're thinking not necessarily what matches, but hey, how's this going to make me look, right? Okay, everybody knows I like a clean car. Everybody knows that I like to go to the car wash. I got one of those membership things, all right? I like a clean car because I want to be well thought of. It just makes me feel good. To be honest with you, if I roll up and my car is filthy and I get out of it, it doesn't look very professional. It doesn't make me feel very good about myself. Why is that? Because I'm concerned about what other people think about me. It's kind of who we are. But what Jesus is saying is when you have covetousness, when you're always after more, when you want what you don't have, what you are saying is that's what makes me who I am. And Jesus said, that's not what makes you who you are. The abundance of things is not what makes you who you are. Your life is not your stuff. Let me say that again. Your life is not your stuff. Let me say it this way. Your value is not what you do. Some of us like to help other people because we know they'll like us more if we help them. And that is just as bad as buying more stuff to impress other people. Your, va- your, your, your life is not your stuff. Your value is not what you do. And your worth is not what you give. I love to give. I love to be that person that gets to bless somebody else. I love to, to uh, uh, go online and I do my online giving. Uh, I give to Young Life. I give to, I give to our church. I uh, support uh, an orphan at our mission in Africa. I got a beautiful uh, book from her for Christmas that had her photos in there. Um, And and I love doing all of that, and I love giving. Um, But but that giving is not what gives me my value. My, my, My worth is not determined by what I can give. I give out of a heart of love. If I know my heart, I really do give out a heart of love. But I'll be honest with you, so many times, a lot of people do, they they. They, they feel like what they are giving is what makes them a good person. So here's my encouragement to you this morning. Live life one-handedly. Live life with, with one hand full of what you got to do, and then live life with a free hand so that you're able to help somebody else. You might want to call it margin, like live life with some margin, like I am... I am allowing enough time in my day to be able to have a conversation if I need to. I'm going to have enough time getting to my next appointment. So if I have to help that person on the side of the road, I have enough time to pick them up and take them to the gas station or help them change a tire or see if they need to use my cell phone. Work some margin into your life to where you have an open hand that you can help somebody who needs the help, that needs the money that needs your time, that needs your care, that needs prayer. Listen, listen. So instead of saying, I'm sorry about that, I'll pray for you. Can you stop and pray right then? Right? Can you just pause and say, do you mind if I pray now? You don't have to know a special language to pray. You're talking to your friend. You're asking God to bless and meet their need. And your friend is Jesus. Just stop and pray. Make it real. So, I think that if we're going to create that margin in our life, if we are going to live one-handedly, I think it requires two things. First of all, I think we need to let go of what doesn't matter. And let me, let me kind of 
give you the basics here. So let go of what doesn't matter in your life. And what does that look like? It looks like cutting back. That means cutting back on your spending. Um, that means cutting back on your schedule. I love what Dave Ramsey says. We, we, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Stop the spending. And I think we're too busy. But we're busy doing what? We overcommit ourselves. We need to learn to say no to good things and good people so that we can say yes to better things. Sometimes I have to say no to my friends so I can say yes to my family. Sometimes I have to say no when I really want to because I need to say yes in an area of my life that's the right thing to do. So cut back on spending, cut back uh, on your schedule, allow some margin in your life. Um, so letting go of what matters means cutting back and throwing away. So let me give this. So, so um, letting go of what matters is three things. I should have given you this to begin with. Cutting back, throwing away, and turning off. So cutting back, we've already talked about that, throwing away. We just have too much stuff. We have uh, uh, too much in our closets. Um, we have too much in our garages. We buy storage sheds. Um, but, but let me just, I mean, I feel like a hypocrite talking about this because I'm a keeper, right? I am the guy that, that feels like I'm always going to be able to use this one day. And I, so I have proof. The other day, I had this little speaker, like one of those Bose speakers that you can plug your iPhone in, but it had the old 8-bin iPhone thing. And I couldn't find the charging cord to it. And I had gotten from Amazon an adapter and I was thinking, boy, this is great. I got the adapter and I couldn't find a charging cord and it's just laying around my house. I've had the thing for like four or five or 10 years. And I thought, I'm going to use this one day. This is a really nice uh, speaker system for my phone. And sure enough, every time, right? I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to throw this away. I threw the thing away. I am not kidding you this. Two days later, I'm going through a bag at the top of my closet and I pull out the charging cord. Of course, I went through the garbage. Of course, I tried to find it. But it was Saturday. The garbage man comes on Friday. I didn't get to find it. So I had to throw the charging cord away too. That doesn't help my case here. But what I'm saying is we keep too much stuff. We have to start throwing some things away. What do you still have that just doesn't matter anymore? We need to let go of what just doesn't matter. So that happens by cutting back, by throwing away and turning off. Now, how hard is this? So much time is spent on what doesn't matter. Let's recapture those moments of the day. Let's turn off the virtual life and embrace the actual life. So two points of today's sermon. Uh, let go of what doesn't matter and then hold tightly to what does. Too often we fight for the unimportant to prove a point or convince someone who's not going to change their mind anyway, right? I was in a, a discussion with somebody the other day about two weeks ago about a spiritual matter. He believed what he believed. I believed what I believe. And I'd be honest with you. We spent probably 20, 30 minutes trying to make our case to each other that neither one of us were going to change our mind about. And I felt when I got done with all of that, that, okay, so I learned a little bit. I learned his point of view. Seems like a nice guy. 
But I kind of also felt that that was time wasted because there were other people that I wanted to be talking to at the same time. All I'm saying is that like there is, there is priorities in our life that we have to be very careful to guard. And we need to fight for what's important, not what's unimportant. We fight with our wives, not we. That's okay. I don't want you to think that. Um, we fight with our children. We fight with our friends, with our co-workers, with other believers. And that's just not who we should be warring against. Our lives are too valuable. Our calling is too important. Our God is too good for us to waste time on meaningless activities or meaningless things. We are in a fight. We're in a struggle against what others say is nor- what others say is normal, but what God says is temporal. But let me just say this, normal is not working anymore. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think it ever really has. And so if we are living our life based on what we think everybody else says we ought to do. And we live in such a way and we drive such a car and we, and, and, and we involve our kids in programs just because we think everybody else is doing it. And we don't take the time to step back and really analyze what's really valuable in our life. I think that we are not living the life that we are called to live as believers. We shouldn't just automatically go in the rut of what this world and this culture says that we, that we are supposed to be going in. We are called to a higher calling than that. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom that have a totally different way of life. We are called to a different life. And, and, and that difference becomes the salt and light in this world. Our priorities change, our ambition shifts, our focus becomes eternal rather than temporal. And let me tell you this, people notice. Uh, Yeah, I mean, people take notice of your schedule changes. People take notice of your calm demeanor. Things begin to change in your life when you begin to recapture the moments that God has given you. When you begin to let go of what doesn't matter and you begin to hold tightly to what does, when all of a sudden you are living with an open hand rather than both hands full of everything you've got to get done and everything that you want to own, that is noticeable to people. When you are not walking around and going around frantic, trying to get everything done, people notice. And one of the byproducts of making wise choices or of this uh, margin-based living or open-handed living is a life that speaks to the value of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Those that God has placed in your life, all of us know somebody. All of us know several somebodies. And I believe that your world Maybe, uh, maybe 10 people, maybe, uh, maybe 15 people. Like whoever God has placed in your world, that, that, that is your world. I believe we're called to reach them. I believe that we are here on this earth with a message from God to share with them. And I think the life that we live conveys a message. And I think the life that we live that conveys a message gives us the opportunity to speak a message. Those are the folks that God has placed in my life and in your life to impact with the good news of Jesus Christ. The verse that we read earlier in the book of Luke, 
that talked about the things around us don't make up our life. Further down, Jesus said this, but rather seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. We have a different priority. We have, we have the ability, the privilege, the honor of being a child of God and a heavenly father that, that has the role of, of giver. And he is our need meter and he will take care of us. And so rather than us be consumed with our life, that's not taking away responsibility, but rather than us be consumed with our life, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we could trust him with that? And as our life shifts and as our focus shifts to where we are seeing him as our provider and as our heavenly father, and, and we are not subject to this culture and this world's way of living and and we are thinking eternally and and all of a sudden we're here for a reason and and we are living open-handedly so that we can we can have margin in our life to help people and do what God has called us to do and then all of a sudden those people in our life that God has placed in our life that we can then begin to reach and share the gospel with because of the life that we're living wouldn't that all be worth it wouldn't that all be worth the simplification of our life and the throwing away and the cutting back and the turning off just to be able to impact for eternity the lives of the people that God has placed in our life. So let me ask you to do this this morning. Pause and evaluate your busyness and how you're spending your time, how you're spending your money, how you're spending your social commitments and ask yourself, is it worth it? Are they your best yes? And do they reflect the priorities that you say that you have? Life is choices. I mean, your story is a reflection of the decisions you've made. And, and what's been written thus far is a result of the decisions that you've made. But you have an unwritten story and that story is going to be told based on the decisions that you make. And I beg you to reevaluate why you're here. We live in a world, but we all have a world that we are called to reach. And it's so important how you live out that life that we are called to live. Live one-handedly, like, yeah, I got time for you. Sure, I can stop and help. I'd be honored to contribute. That's a beautiful place to live. We're not perfect. We don't bat a thousand. We're still working on it, and we're all in a different place, right? But let's head that direction. Let's pause. Let's just pause and at least consider that that we have a bigger purpose than the rat race that we're in. And it's, and it's you know, like getting up early and, and staying up late and trying to, trying to make an extra buck and make that customer happy or that, that client happy. And, and that, that there's a bigger reason to all of this, right? And let's just, uh, let's just focus for a moment, just pause today. I mean, what an opportunity. All you got to do today is shovel your driveway, right? And I don't know what you do with all the milk and bread and toilet paper you bought, but whatever you're going to do with that, 
take some time today and maybe sketch out what you would love for your life to look at and ask God, how can my life change so that I can impact the people that are in my life so that the rest of my story becomes a story of redemption and impact to bring praise and honor and glory to Jesus Christ. Let's pray and, uh, and then we will shut her down. God, we are uh, so proud and so, so glad and so honored that you love us. And, uh, but yet we're also incredibly humbled that you want to help us and that you died for us. And yet I can't help but believe that there are at least a dozen people, like our personal friends, like co-workers, like our family members that you could bring to mind, lay on our heart, that we are called to touch with the gospel, to be an example to of what it looks like to live this life because that gives purpose to everything we do. If, if, if we don't see the purpose of why we're here, then, then all that happens at church is a motivational message. I mean, to help us you know, have a better life, but there's much more to it than that. The purpose of all of this is to, is to reach those that you've placed into our life and help us to let go. Help us to set it down. Help us to, to ease it out of our life so that we have the ability to be free, to live the life that you've called us to live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.